blonde and tan and full of yeast. The lesbian from my vagina, it itches, and when it itches, you know that I finished her scratch. It. So loud. So loud. the whole theme song um yeah still having battles with uh rfi radio frequency interference this microphone was working perfectly for such a long time now i have to use this fucking filter again i might try and return the mic but i will tell you it's driving me crazy um i just got back from uh going to a high school graduation for a relative and i uh we went to flogo to chow's afterwards and i ate the carasquero thing the play the meat where they just come and give you more meat i'm so bloated with salt my wife had to make me a special tea to digest it i just feel bloated and salty and disgusting uh, griselda told me that you get a meat sweat after eating a fogos to chow and I, I do have the meat sweat i'm pretty sure it feels awful and i don't like it Drinking my tea. Salt, bloat, meat, sweat. Anyway, I have a nice interview with Ninja coming up. My real lesbian. I mean, not that there's any other kind. But I have uh, something to read from Roger Smalls first. I'd like to read that to you now. Well, no, actually, first, um, Bleary would like to read it to you now. So, well, first, uh, let me turn on her. And then we'll get... Do I hear a buzzing sound? I hope not. Thank God for the RX-8 plug though. At least there's that. Is this it? Let's see. In 1,577 Ninja. What? What? No, that's not it. What the fuck is that shit? Shit, Cox. Dear Madge, I trust that all is well and still works. Please find attached photograph as insinuated. I wanted to ask for your advice with health matters. My doctor recently informed me that I have a high BMI and blood pressure and suggests I should take up a sport to lose weight. Did you have any success with yoga for weight loss? Or does it only improve balance and tolerance of old women? I also fart a lot. I have tried at sports for the last few weeks with little success. I chose to compete in Mahjong Solidaire for Windows. Sometimes spending all evening on the couch playing at sports on the laptop only makes me fatter no matter how many energy drinks I consume. Either my doctor is wrong or computer games shouldn't yeah. be called sports. Who is right? Unkept minge. I still go to all the local slimming groups, but that's mainly to meet women with lack of self-control, low self-esteem, and poor standards. I have yet to become thin or laid as a result of attending. They all have issues. I do find that by looking in the mirror and hating everything I see motivates me to become slim, so if you have any suggestions, I would appreciate it as self-loathing isn't healthy. 
Although most East Radio listeners are probably stunning bucks, I bet there are a few fat ones like me whom are disgusted by their own reflection so would find your weight loss advice helpful too. I loved it when you shouted scientific reasoning at Andy Melton once, and he went crazy. Yours in yeast. Roger Smalls. P.S. Semicolon audio quality feedback on the recent episode where you mm. passively listened to Hackathird. Although the sounds of chewing and eating usually enrage me, the cutlery chiming against your dinner service whilst you were drinking a soup or broth was comforting and pleasant. Please do this more where possible. Well, we're going to start over now, except I'm going to read it, and I'm going to become enraged as well, Roger, but mostly because of this slight noise I can still hear, even though my RX-8, uh, what is it called? What kind of a limited reducer is this? It's called Voice thing. Voice, uh, it's called, what is the name of the plugin? Voice Denoise. Dear Madge, I trust that all is well and still works. Why would you assume that, Roger? Please find attach, 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 photograph as insinuated. Now, I'm not going to share this photo with the audience, but I will try and describe it. It's horrible. Well, let's start at the feet. Well, no, it's a, it's a morbidly, super morbidly, horribly nose garden sized obese woman lying flat on her face. The most noticeable thing, I guess, to me, it looks like she's wearing airplane socks, the socks they give you if you're first class, which is probably what she has to fly in because she's humongous. Um, so she's wearing aircraft booty pants and then the, just the or sh uh, uh, socks and then the, just the cankles and then it just goes from like cankle-sized circumference of, of cankles. We go straight to like a watermelon thigh, fat, she's face down. There's some semblance of a tattoo on one of the, the humongous. I mean, it's not even, it's really two watermelons for thigh. Thighs are thighs, calves. And then next we have a big crease, giant loaves of, I guess that's the thigh. Huge, they look like they're the size of, um, I mean, honestly, a small child, four-year-old child, each one of them standing sideways. And then... Finally, we get to the buttocks combined with the hip area, two loaves of fat combined with a lot of vascularity, some varicose fat veins, and a purple thong in between the two cheeks. The, the butts are too big to describe. They're awful looking. She's face down. Another tattoo on the wrist. The stomachs are face down. It's all bad, and she's got a ponytail and a white sports bra of sorts. Lots of fat. That's all I can do, and she's face down on the bed. Her right hand is under the pillow. Her left hand is hanging off the bed. I don't know why you sent me that, Roger. It's upsetting. Okay. I wanted to ask your advice. With I wanted to ask for your advice with health matters. My doctor recently informed me that I have a high BMI and a blood pressure and suggests I should take up a sport to lose weight. I love how the British and the Europeans always say, take up a sport. Americans don't do that. We don't have sports. We're just fat. Um... Do you have, did you have any success with yoga for weight loss or does it only improve balance and tolerance of old women? I also fart a lot. Well, you can't fart in yoga, Roger. It's just a huge no-no, but, and it doesn't really help me lose weight, but what it does is it puts me in a better state of mind where I'm more willing to do sports that do lose weight like cardio. And it does like help your overall sort of tone and just sort of keeping everything in the right place, I'd say. You won't lose weight, but you won't gain weight from yoga. How's that? 
Griselda says you can't lose weight. I think it. Fe- I feel like it keeps me fit, but it definitely doesn't let me lose weight. But I'm not fit. I'm fat. Okay. Did you have any success with yo? I already asked. I already read that, and you also fart a lot. I do too. I do too. I have tried esports for the last two weeks with little success. I choose to compete. Chose chose to compete in mahjong solitaire for Windows. Yeah, that's not going to do it. Sometimes spending all evening on the couch playing esports on the laptop only makes me fatter no matter how many energy drinks I consume. Either my doctor is wrong or computer games shouldn't be called sports. Who is right? Um, well, I don't think your doctor said. I think you're wrong and so and your doctor was probably right. You made a bad assumption that esport is a sport. It's not. It's just called that. It is dumb that they call it that, right? I always wondered that too. Like, isn't it? Something where somebody told me like people are actually getting um, like scholarships in college for esports. I always thought gaming was stupid to be. Why is that a gerund gaming? All right. Gaming. Like what is that? That's not a gerund gaming. Oh, like it's a real sport that and now it's esports. No, you're just sitting on your ass. And the energy drinks are terrible for your stomach. It causes cancer. And it's and if they have sugar, even worse, because you get fat cancer cancer and fat and then your cancer gets fat too with you you get obese cancer and it's awful either my doctor is wrong or computer games shouldn't be called sport yeah i already read that unkept minge in boldface unkept minge yeah i don't know why you put that in boldface i still go to all this low i don't even know it's kind of like a non sequitur really why did you mention that are you talking about your mother again and her new queening chair or whatever? Was that someone else's mother? I don't remember. Or was it a queening seat, Roger? I don't remember. I still go to all the local slimming groups, but that's mainly to meet women with lack of self-control, low self-esteem, and poor standards. I've yet to become thin or late as a result of attending. They all have issues. I do find that by looking in the mirror and hating everything... Wait, did I comment on that? I was thinking about something else while I read it. Uh, let's see, but it's mainly to meet women with lack of self-control. Yeah, 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 need to be thin. You know, they all have issues. Well, that's true. I don't know what else I can say. That's true. You don't really go to slimming groups to be thin or light. Are you talking about Weight Watchers or Overeaters and others? What's a slimming group? I don't think we call them slimming groups here in America. They all have issues. Well, look who's talking. I do find that by looking in the mirror and hating everything I see motivates me to become slim. Well... To me, it just makes me depressed and want to take a nap. But if that works for you, more power to you, Roger Smalls. So if you have any suggestions, I would appreciate it It as as self-loathing isn't healthy, although most yeast radio listeners are probably stunning bucks. What? I bet there are a few fat ones like me who are disgusted by their own reflection. You have to be self-loathing in order to be a listener of this show. I don't know anyone who isn't, good-looking or not. Um, They're all self-loathing. It's a requirement for membership. Maybe the only one for Yeast Radio fandom is to be self-loathing. Narcissist, you go to Instagram. you got plenty to do there. You can dance, you know, your own image. You can love yourself and, you know, stick a squirrel on your ass and just pretend everybody's looking at the squirrel and you're just showing your weird crotch and your creepy ass all tightened by compression shorts under your creepy, you know, three-size-too-small sweats. Not talking about anyone in particular. Peanut squirrel hate you. By their own reflection, so would find your weight loss advice helpful too. I loved it when you shouted scientific reasoning and Andy Melton once, and he went, "Well, that was a long time ago." And he went crazy. That's when I told him to lose weight. You have to burn more than you eat. 
right? Makes sense. Yours in the East, Roger Smalls. P.S. Audio quality on the recent episode where you passively listen to Hag a Third. Although the sounds of chounds, sounds of chewing and eating usually enrage me. The cutlery chiming against your dinner service whilst you were drinking a super broth was comforting and pleasant. Please do, please do this more when possible. Well, I am drinking tea that my wife gave to me. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's good. That's a good tea. Good tea, good tea, good tea. Uh-huh. You know, Hagatha keeps calling. She's just desperate for attention. Maybe I'll just try and get a quickie from her before we go to Ninja. I don't know. I just... Yeah, I'll just try it. I know she's going to be horrible. She keeps posting horrible things. Let's see. I can't see my screen. i got to put it over there. Put it on the other side. Yeah, i got to do that. got to put it on the other side. Let's see. Google Voice. Yeah-ham-ham-ham-ding. Google Voice. Please don't ask me to sign in again. I fucking hate when she does that. Yeah. Oh, she's going to do it. God damn it. And now i got to go to my one password. Get the fucking password for this. Just to call this skank. This duty skank. Let's see. Enter your password. Well, i gotta, yeah, I got to do that. i got to do that. Let's see. My stupid password. I'm going to look at here. Oh, this is such a, these fucking passwords. I thought Apple was supposed to end the password, right? Isn't that what they're supposed to do? Gmail. Yeah, there we go. Fucking a year it takes to do this login shit. This login. Christ on a wheel. Wheel Christ, wheel Christ. Oh, good, it didn't make me verify it, at least. At least there's that. Let's try it. Mm-hmm. Let's see. She's got 15 minutes, Max. Hello? Hagatha, it's Madge. Hey, what's up? I'm gonna, I need a quick update from you. I don't have a lot of time. I'm bitchy. I'm fat and I'm old and I went to Fogo de Chao after a long as fuck high school graduation. I had to watch a, hundred, a thousand students get their goddamn diplomas in Evanston and I'm not having it. But I know that you keep bugging me to be on the grum, so what you, what you got? How, yeah. are the, how are your roaches? So were they bad? Who? Were they better than they used to be? Who? The diploma kids. Yeah, there were some huge the ones. The ones who got their diploma. There were some big ones. Yeah. There were some big ones. Yeah, we didn't. You know, I graduated in 1980. And wow. we had like one fat kid in our class, and we mm-hmm. tormented him. But that was yeah. it. We were all skinny. They used to let us smoke. Mm. on the south parking lot and yeah. the bad kids who smoke went to that parking lot during oh. you know break mm-hmm. and the good kids who didn't smoke yeah. who made good grades were the cheerleaders and the jocks and all that they went to the other on the other side of the school to that parking lot whatever listen i just don't understand why you twice posted in our little telegram private group this horrible, a disgusting article about some baby that was born with adult genitals. With a man's penis, yeah. I just find that hilarious. I mean, Why? I want to see it. I mean, that that's a sight gag to beat all sight gags. But if you put in, I put in baby with large penis, and that's when the story came you, up. You Googled but for that? All the pictures... All the pictures that they put on Google Images are ultrasounds showing a big penis on the baby, but they Dude, won't show God. a baby with a big penis. 
Thank God. Hagatha, when was that the date of that article? I didn't look. I just assumed it was recent and just came across your radar. No, I googled baby with large penis. Why? Why would you do that? It's a horrible thing to Google. No, why would you Google it? Why would you Google that? Of all things to Google. Maybe you want to think, oh, I wonder what it was like to live in 19th century Europe. Oh, gosh. I wonder what um, what's next to Ukraine. Oh, jeepers. You know, what is the principal export of the, the thus and so? But no, you're uh, you're Googling, oh, baby with huge penis? Why? I'm trying, like, the Why? thing I put in, like, Down syndrome <sighs> prostitute, I want to see what image comes up. I'm fascinated with Google Images and, and mm-hmm. what they'll, they'll have parameters. Mm-hmm. Like, if you put in certain things, they'll tell you it's inappropriate and to, like, go back. Oh, and that's not a, that. inappropriate? So what's inappropriate if searching for babies with huge penises isn't? I was just curious, that's all. Crucify me <sighs> for it. My God, if that's the worst thing I'm doing in my life, I'm living a pretty good life. Jesus. Yeah. I recently saw Candy with Jessica Biel. It was five episodes about the woman who hacked her friend with 41 axes. Mm-hmm. It's a true story, and they're going to do another one, a whole other movie on it with one of um, the older Olsen twins. Oh, one the one from... Uh, the one from... Um... What is it? Mothra. WandaVision. WandaVision. I like that show. I like that show. So she's yeah, kind of, I think a whole nother movie is really kind of superfluous, but um, because yeah. I found out, I won't spoil it for anybody, no. but I found out what happened before I saw it, and it kind of ruins it for me, but I watched it anyway. Um, Just for Jessica Biel. And now I'm watching The Center, Mm. which is right up there with Mindhunter and right up there with um, all all the really, really good crime shows. It's four seasons with every season is a different mystery. Can I tell you? The first one is with Jessica Biel. Can I tell you what the funny thing, the funniest thing was at this graduation? So So they had a choir. And the choir, so the, the, the keynote speaker, whatever, was the musical director from Hamilton because he graduated from this And he was school. obviously gay, right? You think? All musical yeah. directors in churches are gay. Not only that, and but he, of course, are all gay. but he also did the valid, his speech from his apartment in um, New York because he has COVID. But so, so they, so before he gave his speech, how wonderful he is with Hamilton and the world, they sang a song, the the little girls' choir, which is like it's only like six girls, sang a song from Hamilton. I don't remember which one. I hate that fucking musical, but they sang with masks on. You couldn't hear a fucking word. <laughs> <laughs> they sang with masks. On. Well, no, there were like six Crazy. girls. There were like five or six girls. One girl wasn't wearing a mask. Only one. She's she's wearing a hijab. She's like Middle Eastern. The rest of them were all wearing masks, and you it was like. Hamilton. It was, and we're me and my spouse were laughing, and nobody else seemed to think it was funny. You know, you couldn't fucking like you're not gonna. 
take off. The, these are kids. Yeah. Who gives a shit? What the fuck? It's like eating with a mask on. How are yeah. you going to do that? Right. With a hole. Or, you know, just mm-hmm. pour it down the top and let it dribble in your mouth. Right. I don't know. I am so over. I've been so mm. over COVID. Oh. I wish we'd have another variant commanding. Well, we have monkeypox now. So you, should be, you should be happy. We have the monkeypox now. Aren't you happy about that? The monkeypox. I didn't know that. But you know what I do? It's hitting uh, gays, Hagatha. It's hitting gays. It's, they had to close a bathhouse in Madrid because it was so monkeypoxed out. I'm not even kidding. It's hitting the gays. It's just like the the 80s again. We've got the religious nuts. Do people and we've get got poxes like bumps on them or what? Is yeah, it fatal? Yeah, it's fucking nasty. Um, it's not particularly fatal, but it's it's like 3.6%, probably around the same as COVID for fatality, but it's nasty because you get those those scars, and the scars scar you forever. They don't, you know, it's like Ooh. smallpox. It's a variant of smallpox. What an irony. Something that you did because you're beautiful turned to ugly. Mm-hmm. Well, that mm-hmm. was true with AIDS. Only the beautiful people, ugly people didn't get AIDS because nobody wanted to fuck them. By the way, <laughs> I was watching the thing mm-hmm. on YouTube about the origin of AIDS, and they said it happened in Africa because they were doing polio vaccines for like a million black people in Africa, and they used chimp parts. But Is this legitimate? That's how it got... And that's how it started AIDS, yeah. How do you know? I mean, how legitimate is this? Because I, just because Haggath is telling me on a podcast doesn't mean it's like what? How valid is that? Like, how can you? How do you trust the source of that? It's one person's idea. He wrote a book. Oh, okay. You know, I Mm -hmm. think that that steward who spread it to the United States, um, Mm -hmm. the number one guy, I think he fucked a temper. So. Somewhere yeah, along the line, sure. a chimp fucked a guy, and that's how he got it. Because I've been watching a lot of bestiality porn lately. Oh, come on now. Chimps. Stop it. People do not have sex with chimps, do they? I don't. They don't. Horses, dogs, other things, but not uh, not chimps. Why not? But I think somewhere somebody did something really, really really twisted and that's started a that's what i think but that's an interesting question the though but like, the cia okay but like don't you think it is interesting since i mean you're basically gross you watch all that nasty bestiality porn but you've never seen a chimp man sex so wouldn't no. you think that if that were the case if people did that that you would have found it by now on a video you know? not necessarily no. if it was a you know something that twisted why wouldn't they do it because you know chimps, how men are? Because These bottoms will get anything that will penetrate their anus. I'll, I'll tell you why. Because to a chimp, we're probably ugly as hell. They don't want to, we're unfuckable to a chimp. They're probably like, man, nasty, hairless. Then why fucking. will a horse fuck a guy? They don't know that it's not another horse. They just know it feels oh, no. good. And then, because and then horses, horses aren't as smart as chimps. And they're not as picky. Yeah. They're not as picky. Yeah, they're not Actually, I saw another show about uh, yeah. chimps and gorillas, and they have a whole, mm-hmm. um, like, sign language vocabulary mm-hmm. that they're born with that they all do on instinct to communicate. Mm-hmm. It's really interesting, like when they beat their chest. 
Yeah. Hagatha. It means one thing. Hagatha, we don't have a lot of time. We got to get to the roaches. What's the status of the roach party? The roaches. Uh, I found the roach nest behind the picture above my bed. Picture of what? It's such a cathartic thing to spray them and watch them all fall off the wall. No, the roaches are underneath the garbage, and and what was the it's picture? It's not of? like rotten food garbage. It was that picture I did of that lady sitting in the chair that I posted before okay. that I drew. Uh-huh. It's a really nice picture, but they like to get behind pictures, and they'll start a nest, and they'll plant their eggs, and they'll start a whole colony behind pictures. So That's I don't nice. have any pictures on my wall anymore. They're all down, mm. but don't. No, the roaches are underneath its yeah. boxes and all kinds of stuff in my kitchen. So but you spray no, them. There. It's over your bed. You're not concerned about the poison from the roach spray? No. Why not? No. Because you're a roach, too. It's Nothing okay kills for you. humans and animals and pets. It's okay. Oh, it is? Yeah. Hmm. It, it smells good, too. Hmm. But no, I need to. I am going to do some cleaning tonight. Oh, good. Good. For sure. Yeah. Well, thanks yeah. for calling, Matt. Yeah, I'm glad to hear you're uh, still good. Stay away from that monkeypox, you know? Careful. You don't want I'll no sores. You got enough going on. You All don't right. need no sores. All right. See you later. Okay, hon. Take Bye. care. Bye. Uh, bye. Coisa mais linda, mais cheia de graça Ela menina que vem que passa Num doce balanço caminho do mar Moça do corpo dourado do sol de Ipanema O seu balançado é mais que um poema É a coisa mais linda que eu já vi passar Estou tão sozinho Ah, porque tudo é tão triste Ah, beleza que existe A beleza que não é só minha Que também passa sozinha se ela soubesse que quando ela passa O mundo sorrindo se enche de graça E fica mais lindo por causa do amor
Are we starting? And, uh, <laughs> yes. Would you like to start? Yeah, I don't want to talk about because I don't want to talk about at work on the joke. Oh. You know, I mean, I don't. Oh. Only, I mean, actually, it's fine. But I understand. I don't really want to? No, it's fine. It's fine. But whatever. Yeah. Hi, Ninja. <laughs> Hello, Madge. <laughs> I feel like I see you uh, a lot more now. This is usually it's an annual thing at best, and this is the second time in a year, I think. Well, I thought, yes, after you, you, you said we should talk more often, I thought, yeah. okay, okay, I'm going to get it together and we will talk more often. So you hooked up so, your podcast you studio go. just for me? I hooked it up just for you. And mm-hmm. I, should, I should really do a different kind of show, but I just haven't had the, um, ah, the motivation. You're my motivation. Okay. That's sad, isn't it? That I'm Maybe. your motivation? i don't think so you know because i do love podcasting Uh but do you subscribe to a newsletter called pod news no yeah well unbelievable you would think from reading pod news that everyone is uh, now a pod millionaire oh that kind of bullshit that pisses me off yeah it's just I don't understand that. I, I've never heard of that, but people send me articles like, oh, are you rich too? Somebody sent me a Dutch article and it was like about all the millionaires podcasting. They're like, Madge, did you get any of that? No. So I don't tell nice stories with clever, you know, musical interludes. I mean, geez. Well, they have, they have all these uh, ads. Of course, mm. you have to pay for all these things. Yeah. All these ads on how to monetize, how to tell a story, how to mm. do this, how to do that. And it is uh, very, um, it's very depressing. It's because disgusting. it means it's disgusting, did you say? Yeah. I think it's disgusting because mm. all these young kids are going to try and get rich and they will not be rich. Mm-hmm. It's just like the influencer crap. I mean, there's like five influencers that make millions of dollars. It's all top. It's just the whole 1% thing. It's our whole capitalist economy is all structured to make everybody want to be what very few people can be. Right. And, you know, podcasting for me, it's about being yourself, doing your own thing. There's no rules. And anybody who tells you there's rules... Their how rules and how to monetize. They're just telling you how to be a bag of dicks, and they're probably just trying to. That's how they make money is by telling people what to do. My older sister, you know, she's always she's one of these, you know, well-intentioned capitalist types. She's always saying, "Match," because you know, I I don't, I'm not, I'm not motivated by anything, particularly money. And she was saying, Mad, you should do, you should, because she's a consultant, you should teach people how to podcast. You should teach people. There's a lot of people that want to know how to podcast. I said, no, I don't like teaching how to podcast. I like podcasting. I'm not going to teach anybody to do that. But you can make so much more money. I'm like, why would I do something new to make money just to do something else I don't like when I already have something I don't like to make money? Like, people just don't get it. I just, that's not, I, I'm not hustling. I'm not hustling. I've never been a hustler. I just want to like have enough. I just want to not worry. That's my motivation is to not worry. I cannot imagine how much work you would have to do mm. if you really wanted to be successful. At podcasting? Podcasting. And Ugh. well, doing anything, but 
particularly podcasting, which is an artistic endeavor, in my personal opinion. So that when you when you put up, you know, um, uh, recordings of uh, Zappa and Mm. Melanie, I'm Mm. just like, I love it. Like that to me is because I because I know that that probably reflects your 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 current mental state. Mm -hmm. I don't know if that's true. It is true, but but it's also because and that's a huge part. of It is, of course, it's my mental state, but also I my whole point of podcasting is to give people things that they just can't that are either very hard to find or not possible to find. I only buy albums and all that stuff I play is vinyl. Well, Melanie wasn't, but my, I found my spouse playing it and I thought, Oh, what's that? So I played it. But, um, with Zappa and all the vinyl I play, I go to record stores and I find stuff that looks interesting. And before I buy it, I make sure you can't stream it. I don't buy anything I can stream. And that's my test. So I want to bring, I want to put out their stuff that people just can't find. I want to expose stuff that's just sitting in some bin collecting dust and expose it. Now, most people won't find it because they're not looking for me because they just want to hear the next NPR story about a serial killer. But if they want to find it, they can. And maybe in the future, people will start being less disgusting and just want to hear murders. You know, another <laughs> murder story. Yeah, Another murder. Just how many murders can you listen to? Jesus, what does that say about us? You know, we go, we murder people, we have mass murders, and then, and then at the same time, people are like, "Oh, isn't that horrible? It's just a shame we can't do anything about it because because of our Second Amendment." And by the way, here's a podcast about murder that you should listen to all day, and it's going to just sell like hotcakes. What the fuck is wrong with us? Honestly, (laughs) what the fuck is wrong with this fucking culture? And I don't know if it's the world or just America. It's um, I think it's I think it's uh, I think it's mostly America. Yeah, but I, I do, too. But then at the same time, I see how other countries are just completely obsessed. Like our news is their news, you know, like, uh, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like America, everybody's like so interested. It's like, yeah, they're, they're always on top of our news. And I don't. I'm not on top of what's going on in most other countries. I don't know what's going on in Portugal, aside from the fact that I know a lot of Americans are trying to move there for some reason. Ooh. Yeah, that's the thing. I, I, the world is so fucked, and the stars are all lined up that we're just so fucked. And it's end of culture, end of society, end of species. I don't know what... I mean, it's just so ridiculous. I mean, how do you get hope out of any of this? I was just talking to a friend, and she lives in L.A. She moved out there like 15 years ago. She got married. She has two gorgeous children, a beautiful house. I visited her last year in uh, an avocado tree, and she's thinking of moving back to Chicago. She said, they're out of water. She said, it's so expensive. I can't get a house for less than a million dollars, and they're out of water in in Los Angeles. She built a life there, and she's going to probably end up coming back here because it's just fucking out of water and un- well, not, unaffordable. Not only is it out of water and mm. unaffordable, but they're going to either be burnt from yeah. the forest fires, maybe not that far south, or yeah. be completely, definitely be completely engulfed by the rising waters. Right. And the, 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 uh, the air quality from that shit. And here you just get murdered, but whatever. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know. It's talking. crazy. <laughs> so anyway, did you have any specific things you wanted to talk about? 
Um, yeah, I wanted to talk about the concept of what success is. Okay. And, you know, because you, you, you talked about that, how you, you mm. were hoping that, you know, you know, people would actually want to subscribe to your show. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you've been doing this for 20 years. Well, since 2004, so 18. 18 years. Almost 18, okay, and I, yeah. okay, so, and well, I've been doing it since 2000. Well, okay, I have to be fair. You are right. Actually, I've been, technically, Yeast Radio has been around since like 1995 or six because wow. I started it as a real audio broadcast when I was sort of stealing bandwidth from the hospital servers that I managed, but that's... Nice. Yeah, so... <laughs> But podcast since 2004, but I digressed. And, um, you know, you've been doing it for this long. You must be doing it for yourself. You can't mm-hmm. possibly be doing it for other people. Yeah, that's true. I mean, mostly, but every time I try to quit, the reason I stop is because of other people. At least that's what I believe. Like, I, I most people, you know, don't, I, I think I, I've talked about it in terms of like, per capita my donations are probably fine but i don't have a big audience a tiny audience but every time i try but i've got like one or two people who give me a lot of money and like every time i quit i'll get like a, maybe five hundred dollars or something you know and it's like oh. oh god now i can't quit that kind of shit oh that's wonderful yeah but See, i just have to quit every time but the thing is like i don't but i but you're right though i do do it for myself i do it because it, I just don't know how meaningful... I have to have some meaning in my life. I think a lot of people do. My work gives me no sense of purpose or meaning. Right. What I do, this does, and I the, the way I, I trick myself into believing it has value is I think, well, Van Gogh didn't know people would, you know, that he would be famous in the future. So I have to trick myself and I have to believe, well, um, maybe people will listen to this and appreciate this in the future. I, I have to... At least put that. That's kind of what I, how I trick myself. I trick and myself. What's, yeah, go ahead. That's go all. ahead. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I think I think it's amazing that you are expressing yourself. I think mm-hmm. it takes a lot of courage. And uh, I used to worry about you in the early days that somebody was going to find you and gun you down. Really? Some of the, yes, For I what? did. I worried. Because some of the things that you said and joked about, I thought, oh, oh my God, what is going to happen to Madge? Interesting. Where are we going to find her? <laughs> I never worried about that. <laughs> well, fortunately, it hasn't come to pass. So that's yeah. encouraging. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I worried about stuff like that. But I thought, but, you know, you got a lot of courage mm. to, to just keep on doing this and doing it for, and i think it's really important as an artist that you have to do it first for yourself and then if somebody else appreciates it well that's great well part of it is a, the tech i love technology and part yeah. of it is the tech i mean really the reason i started was for the tech because i used to check obsessively this app this website called version tracker because i was a real big mac head at the time and i always looked for the latest software new software to play with and i saw um some ipod uh, podcast catcher, podcast something app on Version Tracker. I thought, oh, what's that? And it was an app about podcasting. I, ca- I think it was some s- podcast receiving app just at the very beginning, probably November of 04. And I started it, and that's when I found out about podcasting. So I kind of started doing it because of the tech. And now I have all this gear, and I love the gear. 
and I'm, uh-huh. I have this OCD for like noise. How can I rationalize buying all this gear if I don't use it? I know that sounds stupid, but that's a big part of it for me. Right. Yeah, I can understand that. Mm-hmm. Liking all the liking all the gadgets. I, I love do. gadgets too, but I started podcasting and then I bought the gadgets. Uh-huh. Why did you start? When? Why? Or when? Well, Why? both. Oh, because I was tired of listening to radio. Uh-huh. And I thought, well, you know, if, you know, I'm not interested in radio, talk mm. radio, I'll do my own talk radio. Mm-hmm. That is exactly why I, I started. And now everybody's doing it. So, yeah. I mean, literally everybody is podcasting. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't believe that, to be honest with you. I actually don't know anybody else who's podcasting but me in my circle. Mm-hmm. Not that I my mean, circles fast. What, what was some joke I heard on TV? Like, oh, he's. They were saying, oh, you're so self-important that you even have your own podcast about yourself or something like that. <laughs> I don't know. But you know, that's the irony. Mm. I, I don't think that we are self-important people. I, I think you know we we we're uh, you're exploring. Mm. We're exploring. So we're exploring ourselves, and we're exploring the medium. And I, I think that's interesting, and that's what keeps yeah. me interested in it. For me, a big um, inspiration was William S. Burroughs. And I, at the time when I started Ooh. doing East Radio, originally the one I was talking about in Real Audio, I was really into Burroughs and his cut-ups. And just the idea, and having read Naked Lunch and um, um, Junkie and his crazy books, you know, where, you know, Junkie was sort of the actual sort of literal story and naked lunch is sort of the drug trip version of it abstract and uh, of the same story and i just loved the way he he created this soup and so for me yeast radio was just this sort of a fungus really i mean it is a fungus that just kind of this blob that just kind of (laughs) lives and just it's just has a life of its own just so stream of consciousness but combined with just noise and garbage and just whatever, because everything is such a mess that it's sometimes the only way to let it out is let it, let it be organic and see what happens. And that's, you know, so, so that was a big inspiration for that. And that's why I feel like that's, so let me just tell you one thing that happened that was sort of a a very quiet, subtle, um, thing that gave me new life to my inspiration, which really, so I mean, it was probably not noticeable, but when I was living in Paris in 2011 slash 12, I was working for Max Kaiser and Stacey Herbert and doing their show, uh, editing their, their, their TV show. And we went to London and there's this show, there's this radio station called Renaissance, Renaissance FM a little tiny public radio station where they broadcast like the, the Kaiser show, Kaiser, whatever it was called, I don't remember, Karma Bank Radio, and a bunch of like really like lame ass, just really like really underground kind of college radio stuff. But even it made college radio look like NPR by comparison. And so I went to the studio where I had never been. It was just a little house. And this guy, Richard, I think his name is Richard, and he was like the, the director. And I was talking to him about my podcast. And then he, I watched him, and I described what I do. And then I watched him on his own show do the same thing as i was doing and he was just talking to the microphone just doing a stream of consciousness and but he did it so well 
that it, I made me realize, oh, this is what I do. What he's doing is what I, and the way I appreciated him is the way I thought that's how I want to be perceived. You know, so when I saw that, it gave me sort of a new life into my own stuff because I realized, oh, what I'm doing is, does have meaning. It's just that most people don't see it. And that's, you know, I guess, okay. So what, well, what is success mm. to you? I don't know. Not dying. <laughs> <laughs> what is dying. success? No, that's bullshit. Okay, what success <laughs> is is if I could do this for a living again, but um, do it exactly on my own terms, no compromise, yeah. and it's pretty much impossible. I, how can you how can you do it without being canceled? I mean, in some ways, I'm I have achieved success because I'm able to say whatever I want. The problem is it doesn't earn a living, but I don't see how I could, in the current climate, say whatever I want, and still make money because you're you are always living in you have to self-censor or you're going to lose your livelihood yeah that's right i, I just yeah. don't see a way around it i don't i was listening to some of my past podcasts uh, a few mm. months ago thinking oh you know maybe i'll i'll just issue a, an encore mm -hmm. and i listened to some of them and uh, you know i thought oh i'm gonna have to edit these because mm. they're not appropriate now yeah when you've been doing something for 15 or more years, right. you know, you don't think of when you're young, you don't think about the fact that you, society and culture is going to change. Right. And it has, things have changed a lot in 20 years. I Do think. you leave them online? Or are they still available? They are. No, no. I think only about a hundred are still available. Is that intentional or? No, the servers that I was, the servers that I was mm. using, just, they just died. So. See, I've been archiving mine on archive.org. I'm not up to date. They're a few years behind, okay. but that's my long-term thing that I can, you know, that I hope will stay forever because yeah, I agree with you. I, I, I wouldn't want to like repeat my old stuff in my show, but I will leave it there. I don't erase anything. That's there. If you're going to judge me for that, well, that's fine. I, I don't like the idea of people erasing their past because it kind of, it's to me, it's cheating. Like in order to be accountable for, for my past, I have to leave it there. I have to be, you know, like the best. I don't know if you heard that last show I did with Reagan the other day. Yes, I did. The abortion, where we brought back the abortion cast, and he gave me several recordings. And the ones I wanted to play most, he wouldn't let me play. I mean, he gave them to me, but I couldn't because it was me with him, and I was playing a character named Partial Bertha. And it was just this horrible racist character. And they were all sitting together, you know, in their stirrups having abortions. And it was just. So vile, but I just, it's a, it's a shame I can't share it anymore, you know? That's, yeah. It's yeah. just funny. I do funny. have a backup of all of my shows. Okay. So I'm yeah. happy for that. But yeah, maybe archive.org is the way to go. Yeah. For sure. I mean, you have to really, nobody's going to find it without really looking hard because it's not easy. But it's, I mean, you have a body of work. You should, you should leave it there. So, yeah. you know, it's, it belongs in existence. You know, otherwise, what if that hard drive is gone someday? And at least this way, you're leaving it out there for somebody to replicate. There's a show that's, um, I forget the name of it. Um, the host, the guy who's like the most, one of the most on Jeopardy, Ken Jennings, he's one of the hosts, Omni something, Omni. Anyway, the the premise of the show is, it's it's a show for people in, future, in like a thousand years, you know, after they discover our 
you know, <gasps> leftover society or whatever, you know, and it's, so okay. it's describing our world, different different topics in our world for the future, for future species, really. It's interesting. That is that is interesting. Did, have you uh, have you ever heard of Namo Remo? Uh-uh. National Nove- National November Writing Month. Oh yeah, I've heard so, of that. Yeah. I think I did it before. Uh I did it last year. I did it in 21. Uh-huh. And I really didn't think I would finish it, but I did. I did my 50,000 words oh, and wow. I was shocked. Um and then I started editing it and I thought, you know, this is a, what it, I don't know if you're familiar with um um middle english literature there's a middle age <laughs> <laughs> but yes. this is a retelling of sir gawain and the green knight oh my no i don't know anything about that did you see a movie called the green knight no oh okay uh, it's horrible it's a terrible film and it was done in 2021 so mm. i thought you know in with for revenge i was going to write this retelling of sir gawain and the green knight my way not that guy's way and what i decided to do was i decided to have an a forward and an afterward and the forward is by an an uh, historian and archaeologist who was given my manuscript after the um the uh, climate catastrophe and it was found in the rubble found in the rubble sealed in plastic very nicely so the the pages the pages were printed and the pages would not uh, impose and she was given this um she was given the manuscript and she decided that she would release it as uh, you know for humanity's sake Uh (laughs) so it's so i guess that's along the same kind of lines yeah I haven't done anything with it. I edit, started editing it in February and I just dropped it, but I should go back to it. Yikes. It's just I'm afraid because I've got these explicit sex scenes in it. Ooh. Yeah. Le- lesbian sex? No, actually gay sex. Oh. But it, it yeah, the, 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 the reason I did it was because the, the, uh, the guy who made The Green Knight, the movie... Mm. He completely ruined the whole issue of homosexuality. And it's just it's full of gay erotica in it, in the story itself. Hmm. Um, and there's a lot of magic and stuff like that. So uh, I decided to tell it from my my queer point of view. Hmm. So Gawain is queer and he falls in love with the well, he doesn't fall in love, but he has a relationship with both his host and his host's wife. Hmm. So, well, you should think about like putting it on. Substack. Actually, he has encounters. Can you really serialize it and put it in Substack or something? Um. That yes, I'm. Go- I would like to sterilize. No, I don't want to sterilize. No, not it. sterilize actually, it. Serialize it. Oh, serialize it. No, you got to leave the sex in. I'm sure. Hmm. You have to leave that. Maybe I can make it even more steamy. Yeah. Oh my god. And then, like, make <laughs> it like cliffhanger, so you have to like wait and then only publish a chapter a week be fun. I might do that. That yeah. sounds like... Okay, tell me about the Substack thing. I know nothing about it. Oh, it's just... It's like a blog, but you charge for it. It's newsletters, really. And you charge. Oh. And you can oh. also do podcasts in it, too. And then it makes a very easy way to charge for a podcast, if you want. I don't. I don't do that. I used to do, like... I was... Before I got this new job, I was writing, like, for, like, 
well, you couldn't tell from how little it was I actually produced, but maybe two hours. I'd sit at the coffee shop for an hour or two and just stream of consciousness stuff. It was just to write, to get in the habit of writing. And I was charging like $5 a month. Now I just post a picture every day, like a drawing. That's all. I don't have time. An insane drawing? Yeah, just something that takes two seconds. And from, yeah. (laughs) Me me and my friend Sheldon, there's this app called Note It. And it just, it's just a silly thing where you ha- you write, you draw a little picture, a sketch every day, as much as you want. And you press send and it goes to only her phone. It's just one-on-one. Everybody oh. has a partner. You can only have one. And then she'll send drawings to me when, when we, and most of it's like, oh, I'm fat, you're fat, whatever. But it's fun, you know? Yeah. And so, so I just take some of those and I'll put it in. It's ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> so you decided to stop doing your stream of consciousness well, writing. I didn't decide for now. I just ran out of time because uh, I, I the job is is what pays me money and I need the money. Um mm-hmm. and I uh they're paying me to work for them. They're not paying me to to write in this, you know, thing. And uh you know, I'm new whatever. Yeah. You know. It's interesting. So, I, yes, I did sign up for Substack, but I haven't uh-huh. done anything with it. I just feel like there's Substack, there's TikTok, there's Instagram, there's Facebook, there's te- Telegram, Discord. I yeah, mean, but those are all end? different things. Those are all different things. <laughs> I mean, no, they all have their different little flavors. I get yeah. it. Yeah. I mean, Substack is mostly text, it's not like TikTok, which is just TikTok and Instagram are just poison. It's just like horrible narcissists staring at themselves all day and making other people stare at them. It's so frightening. You know, Trump triggered this. Like, to me, this whole decade will oh. be the decade of narcissism. I mean, Trump kind of started it. I mean, TikTok and all Instagram, they were there. But I think what Trump seems to have, like, been this catalyst for narcissism that just, like, people are just fucking crazy. You know, you have people, everybody's trying to be like a good person. They're judging each other like, oh, you can't say this. You can't say that. Don't be racist. But then if you look at what they're saying by just promoting the fact that all that matters is when, you, when you're just showing how beautiful you are and the only people that, that, that get high ratings on TikTok and Instagram, unless they're completely just freaks of nature, are the most beautiful, gorgeous young people. And it's just the value system is saying we only value what's on the outside, not what's on the inside. And all these words that we say about how we're supposed to be good, it's just fucking bullshit because our actions are not, don't match that. Our our society's actions are just garbage. Well, when I finished, you you and Reagan depressed me. Oh, good. Yeah, I guess. (laughs) Um, Because when you were talking about the financial issues, Mm -hmm. I thought, oh my God, Reagan is so right. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, it's part of the cycle. Mm-hmm. And I have worked for okay. So, in the eighties, when I when I was started working, um, I thought, okay, I'm gonna, you know, the situation was bad, but you know, when you're young, you go, ah, it's cycles. So in ten or twenty years, I'm not gonna have to worry about it because because it's just a cycle. Mm-hmm. So you know, things are gonna dip and then they're kind of come back up. So now I'm um, <clears throat> an old lesbian and. You know, I've been work. I worked for thirty some odd years, 
And what am I going to have to show for it when we are, you know, living in caves? Yeah. Well, you maybe can make some cave paintings. <laughs> and I definitely will. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I will scratch my message on the wall no matter what. But yeah, it was quite depressing. But the other part of it is if, if you're young, then it's okay because it's just another cycle. If yeah. humanity survives that long. Right. There's the whole climate change thing. It's being just completely ignored still. Completely. Yes. Um, yeah. I don't know. Did The thing that's weird about like the reaction from the Reagan show was almost universally, and people liked it, but just about everyone said that they were much more interested in the financial stuff than the abortion stuff. Oh. And I thought that was interesting because like, I wonder if the abortion issue is just kind of like, dead no pun intended I don't, yeah i don't think it's dead uh, but i can tell you that uh, our prime minister has said women of the united states feel free to cross the border and get your abortion here and be citizens too and and what and, and become citizens too no mm. i no he's too busy trying to negotiate syrian and ukrainian mm-hmm. refugees yeah, well, that is more important. But, yeah, I, I I just, yeah. It's just this whole idea that everybody's compromising. It's just like guns. Yeah. Like, with guns, like, I'm, I'm basically, I'm pro-choice, and I'm mm-hmm. anti-gun. And my positions are very clear. I believe in banning all guns. I don't believe mm-hmm. in any guns. I don't believe in any, I don't, I don't care what the, uh, Second Amendment says, you know, you can negotiate it however you want to. But I don't believe, I think I want all guns banned. I don't want anybody to have guns. I want them all to be illegal. And I want all abortions to be illegal, to be legal. I'm sorry. Because it's a woman's body and anything in her body is her business. And the way that people negotiate, you know, well, but is it life, you know, is it viability? I just don't care. Because it's her body. It's inside her body. It's like Mars controlling Earth. But see, it's, and then I always look at that and I realize, oh, it's American, you know, exceptionalism, where it's like we have, I don't know if that's the right word, but this, this idea that if there's something wrong in the world, we have to come and rescue it, our superhero mentality. And I kind of feel like Americans in general feel like, oh, we have to police uteruses because we're the police of not only the planets, but all the uteruses. If you look at that as another, like, nation state, you know, because we have to save them. We know better. And then this whole thing like, oh, the the women of the Taliban, how awful it is, you know, that women aren't going to school. Meanwhile, they're starving to death. Yeah, and, and you're complaining about women's rights, but we're destroying our women's rights by controlling their bodies. It's, it's, it's. It's disturbing to me, and the but I just feel like there's so few people who really see it the way I do. That they all think like it's well, you because if you're if you think it's a continuum, and there's some point which abortion should be illegal, then you're still basically saying the state has a right to control a woman's body, and I just That's don't the, buy it. I agree. You know that continuum I mean- is bogus to me. Where do you stop? I mean, right. do you make all men like this is maybe that's the whole mm-hmm. thing about not wasting your seed. Mm-hmm. Like, what do you like? Is it murder because women have their periods every month? 
What is that? It's so dumb because it's about the potential for life. Because a, clearly a fertilized egg is not life. I mean, you can say it is. I mean, the whole thing is so silly. But nobody remembers what it was like to be in the womb. Anyway, you know, so it's all, it's about potential. So, and then you go back to like the whole premeditated war, you know, not premeditated, what there's a word for like the Iraq war when we went into, it was like a preventative war. That's not the word, you know, and it's like, just we'll go there. We'll take out Saddam Hussein because we think he has uh, weapons of mass destruction. So now we're going to save this life because it could be a life. <laughs> you know, it could become a life. So therefore we've got to prevent it from, yeah. I mean, the whole thing is stupid. It's just ridiculous. And, and it's not going to affect rich yeah. people. Mm-hmm. It's only going to affect the people who have no yeah. other, like the people who have no chance in life. That's mm-hmm. who it's going to affect. Um, but there'll still be ways to do abortion. Yeah, you can get like an. It's there's going to be a lot of illegal drugs to do it. I think that's going to be a big part yeah. of it. And there's going to be overdoses from fentanyl. Those 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 street drugs are dangerous now. Yeah, you don't know what you're getting. Uh, it's, it's yeah. It's just is it totally legal in Canada? I'm sure you have restrictions, right? For what? For, for abortion? No. no. Oh, for no. Yeah. Well, yeah. There's a, a there's a there's a, a week limit. Uh-huh. So I don't know what how many weeks it is, yeah. but there's a limit on the number of weeks. So up until that point, you can have an abortion. Yeah. So, yes. So it it's pretty much, I mean, I don't know if there's any country where it's totally legal the way I would have it, where you it's uh, just completely legal, like including, you know. Uh, well, what, what women, what women will do is they'll have the baby and then leave right. it in a dumpster. Right. Oh, yeah, that's a great alternative. Mm-hmm. Let's just put babies on the street. And then not pay for them, not give mm-hmm. them food. It's just fucked up. It's all, I mean, the whole abortion thing is really just, it was a propaganda tool used um, by the evangelists when they figured out, well, it was by the GOP when they learned that they, there was a, just a show about it on, I think it was Christian Amanpour was interest, interviewing a guy who was a filmmaker, and he made these very strong um, pro-life films in the 70s, right around the time of Roe v. Wade. And they were very, it was like the beginning of the pro-life movement, this guy. And now he's changed his mind, right? Now he regrets it. And he was, you know, saying, wow, you know, I really feel terrible for what I did. But And then he sort of explains that what he did was, you know, he made these movies. Until that point, really, the Roe v. Wade time, the only people that were religiously opposed to abortion were Catholics. Uh, evangelicals didn't give a shit. Baptists did not give a shit. Nobody did. In fact, they were more uh, pro-choice, if you'd call it, than anything. But what they did is with this propaganda, so, somehow the the sort of evangelists got a hold of the propaganda and the Ronald Reagan types got a hold of propaganda and they used it as a way to, to they basically brainwashed a bunch of idiots to become, to make this a big serious issue about life and they and they made it their number one issue so that they would vote for Republicans for because of this issue. It's just a whole fucking crazy mind fuck that mm-hmm. happened. It's all it's all propaganda that started it. It's just basically it all was caused by the GOP trying to figure out a way to win elections because they can't win elections based on policy. They just can't. Not because their policies benefit, 
you know, the few, the very few, they benefit rich people. They know that. So they have to do something to get all the people to vote for them. So what they did is they grabbed these dumb fucking issues and they still do it with these culture war issues and making it all the, uh, the trans bathroom stuff, making that their big issue in addition to abortion. But people buy into it. You know, I, I have a different opinion of when I see people who are Catholic, like our president who are pro 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 life. He would, you know, he would never admit it, but I believe he is. You know, oh, they're down. When, I think you're right. When, when, when it's when they're Catholic, I get it because that's part of their, you know, religion for for decades. But the rest of them, they're just a bunch of fucking idiots who've been brainwashed. I'm sorry, I, I just don't fucking buy it. Well, you're you're against wearing masks. You're against getting vaccines, but you're in favor because it's body autonomy. But for body autonomy for women, you're just you're just being controlled like a fucking puppet. Uh, what the fuck's wrong with you? <laughs> Why are people? How can people be this fucking just stupid? It's because then, that's how we've evolved. We've evolved to be stupid. That's what evolution's selected for. Stupid really? people. We might, I don't know. I mean, we're you know we're we're destroying mm. we're destroying the only thing in the world that keeps us alive. This planet. Right. But we're not actually destroying the planet. The planet will be here. Whether right. the planet will be fine without that's right. us. That's right. We're destroying, we're destroying our ability to live on this planet. Absolutely. Yeah. And uh, that's pretty sad. And I don't know if there's a solution. I don't think that there's a in our lifetime solution to that problem. I think that there will be like all cycles, mm. a cycle where we destroy large portions of human civilization mm. and we are separated from each other again, like tribes. Mm. And then the cycle will just start all over again. Is that is that too depressing? Not for me, but I oh. think it's like I think to me it's pretty clear that what we're uh, we're going to be out evolved by uh, computers. Computers do fine; they don't need oxygen. All we no. need to do is make it. You know, they just need their. They can do fine on any kind of energy, and they don't really need to breathe at all. And they're going to be next, and I think that's. <gasps> I think you're right. That's all there is. And then the thing is, like, as far as selection goes, natural selection, well, we have our own natural selection. But what about the Earth's natural selection? We must Mm -hmm. have fulfilled some purpose to the Earth by evolving as we have so quickly and, you know, with our technology. We must have fulfilled some purpose to the Earth as an organism. And I think we've pretty much, whatever our job was, is pretty much done, which is probably to build computers. And so they're next. So our selection doesn't really matter when there's a selection larger than us, which is which is the planet, right? I think that's very interesting because I don't think there's any hope in hell that we as a species can leave this planet any more than a fish can leave fish can leave water. We yeah. can't leave this planet and explore. Oh, it's ridiculous. But robots can. Right. It's ridiculous. That Elon Musk shit. Yeah what go to mars with all this ridiculous life sustaining equipment when we don't a robot doesn't need that shit on the he just needs to get there in a fucking solar panel and a battery oh it just gives me another idea for it now that gives me an idea for a um a, a substack serial and do they fuck too the robots fucking no but they do they i they, okay in my imagination uh-huh. they wouldn't fuck because uh-huh. they wouldn't need to <laughs> but they would feel love hmm so yes, there could still be some dramatic tension going. Well, on. I I like the idea of building that the 
building love for robots and sentience in some way. It's very interesting. Well, I I think the ideal robot would have human con have some kind of consciousness. Yeah. Have an appreciation of love and yeah. be able yeah. to live on Mars without doing anything. And they would have to also be, they'd also have to be self um what's the word? Self-repairing. Uh, so they'd have to know how to repair themselves so they could live forever. Sure. Sure. Yeah. What are your views on consciousness? Like, where do you, what do you think it is? Like what defines it? Can a robot be conscious? What yes. animals are and aren't, do you think? All animals are conscious. Uh-huh. I think even plants are conscious. And I think consciousness is an emergent property of our biology. We are just machines. Uh-huh. And I really truly believe that because I don't know what happened before I was in my mother's womb. And I don't know what's going to happen after I die. Yeah. Nobody's come back to tell us. So mm-hmm. I think that my identity, my ego is just an emergent property of my biology. So Full what time. is it about that? The emergent, what is it about being, you know, a machine that makes one conscious? Um, I think, be okay, I think that it's been built in evolutionarily it's been built in to our biology to have a sense of to be able to take in senses to be able to love i don't know i have this thing i i don't really know where love fits in here but you know everything you hear about religion like um Christianity, Zen Buddhism, Tibetan Buddhism, it, it all ends up with love. Mm-hmm. So how love must be something. Well, I, mean, I think maybe- it does fit in. And I think it fits in mainly because love forces you to put something else, uh, someone else's needs or something else's needs above your own. And that I think can clearly have an evolutionary purpose for it. Don't you? Absolutely. Absolutely. Otherwise you can't, you can't, um, you you don't want to reproduce. Why would you want to reproduce? Yeah. There's got to be something else that makes you want to keep going. Right. That's where love comes in, I think. Right. Yeah, I I think so. But I I think whatever is happening inside my, I mean, I'm just like water and electricity. Right. That's, that's run by ion potassium and sodium Mm. ion pumps well here's what i think about a lot because i um have been a computer i'm a computer person but my brain is fried so i'm not i'm not good are you tired today what are you tired today yeah oh Mm. um but that's i mean i'm always tired um but so i can when i compare uh i don't know about computers being conscious. I agree with you about, you know, or living carbon-based organisms. There's a difference in the way that that I know of, and my, my knowledge of computer science is limited in, in, when it comes to things of this depth. As I understand it, and I could be wrong, we're, we are analog. Computers are digital. And there's a big difference because all, everything that a computer does all comes down to ones and zeros. They are fundamentally switches on and off, not on 
and then in between and off. No levels, just on or off. We're analog, though. We don't have, we're not on or off. Hmm? We are digital, but in a a different kind of digital way. So, for example, a neuron Mm -hmm. is at a resting state of some, I don't know, of some some level. Mm -hmm. What's it called? Uh, um, uh, Okay, I don't know. But anyway, we're, we're, you know, our neurons are at some resting state. Mm -hmm. And then when a neurotransmitter comes in to give some instruction, then the, quote, action potential goes up. And Mm -hmm. that signals the neuron to fire. And then it goes back down. And then it just runs along the neuron Mm -hmm. up, up and down, up and down, up and down until the, the, the message is delivered. I mean, that's all that's going on in our nerves. So it is that's digital, it. you're saying. Interesting. I'm saying that that is a yeah. form of digital. So it, there's it, not, not so, ones and zeros, but. Because, so it's not like a dimmer impulses. switch then. Because I was thinking in the brain, it's like a dimmer switch. Whereas in a computer, it's mm-hmm. just like a light, a normal on or off. I don't know. This is where I'm too ignorant. I wish I knew. Well, there's some electrical level uh-huh. that our, our neurons, you know, are stabilized at. Mm-hmm. And then when something happens, it goes up to some threshold mm-hmm. and comes back down. So it's more like AI mm-hmm. or a monitoring system where you reach some threshold and you go, oh, take action now. And that's exactly what our neurons do. Mm-hmm. Are we getting too geeky? No. Too geeky for what? For all of our listeners. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I just wonder, you know, I'm just I guess I am I guess I'm intuitively skeptical of the idea that computers can be conscious. Though okay. uh, though I also accept that as inevitable at the same time. I I just don't know. I I don't know, but I, just to me organic life forms seem very different. I know that DNA is basically a computer code. I I I, I accept that. I I do think in that way we are computers, but it's it's more like the machines themselves as opposed to the code. I mean, surely there's a way. Isn't there a way to like, we have DNA, we've completely, um, whatever you call it, you know, figured out the code, right? I think. The yeah, sequence. We have, we've we sequenced. have mapped the genome. So isn't it possible to have a computer simulator take like um, somebody's, Okay, like say like you you take a sperm's DNA or whatever the fuck it is and an egg's DNA, you you know you get the computer to analyze it, decode it, and then you combine them the same way you it would if if the that sperm had fertilized the egg, and then can't you simulate the human being in a computer from birth to like age? Because mm-hmm. is that possible? Because that would be well, would, we do it all the time. We do in vitro fertilization. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but. But you want to simulate it, it in hardware, like we, in non in non carbon based. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah a simulation, just like a video game. Okay, yeah, and like Max Headroom. Um, I <laughs> Max Headroom. Yeah. That's I, that's a blast from the past. Mm-hmm. Max Headroom. Um, yes, I believe that we could do that if we had enough computing power. Absolutely. Interesting, right? Very. You could, but here's, so I listened to this interesting, I love this podcast, Lex Friedman's podcast. He has like a million followers. Do you ever listen to it? I do. And I stopped listening to him because he had some guy on that was talking about um, the fact that the virus was created in a lab in China, but he had no proof. 
And yeah. that was a three hour freaking podcast. Yes, I don't yeah. need to listen to a three hour podcast that's misinformation. Yeah. So I kind of I kind of got sour on him. Okay. okay, go ahead. Well, I wouldn't have listened to that one. And I'm sure I didn't. But um, he had some guy on. He often does have very credible people at the same time. Credential. People. He does. He does. And he had a guy on who is really an expert in. Well, he did. He's created this thing called a computer. So it's basically like a um, a machine, like a 3D printer, except it prints chemicals. But so this guy's really good with chemistry, to say the least. And what they were, what he was saying uh, is that really they've never been able to simulate how life started on Earth. There's no way they really don't know how to do it, which is interesting. Which means there's a, still a huge mystery to be solved, because really we should be able to take a whole bunch of elements, put them together in certain conditions and turn on a bunch of switches and make things happen so that with all this inorganic material, then you have life, you have a cell, you have something, bacteria, whatever the fuck it is. That's life. Yeah. Just something, but they can't fucking do it. They don't know how. So there's a huge piece of the puzzle missing. They don't know how life began. It's really interesting. I think it's fascinating. Yeah, even with computer, they can't figure it out. What's simulation? Um, I okay. You know, I did see. There's a few. Maybe I will listen to that one then. Mm-hmm. Because he, um, yeah, he. You're right. He does have a few interesting guys on, and women. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that is fascinating. Actually, that we can't do that. Yeah. But, you know, the human body is so complicated. Oh. I'm yeah. sorry. Organic life is so complica- complicated. Yeah. It's, it's um, more complicated than any computer we've ever been able to create. And the whole idea of like natural selection is so fucking hard to believe for me. Natural selection is hard to believe for you. Why? Cause it's such a slow, slow process. Like it's just hard to, for me to believe that. I mean, I get it. I'm not disputing the science. It's just difficult to, it, to process the fact that we were, you know, like that somehow a fish came out of the ocean and started walking, you know, cause it's such a slow process. Like, how does that work? We're like, Oh, here's another one. Here's one. Here's another. We'll take this one. Here's another, here's another. We'll take this one and death. And you know, and this, it's such a, I think because time it's so hard for us in our limited lifespan to imagine time in such a humongous, um, yeah, I think that I think it's just the time aspect of it that makes it seem impossible for me. And that's another problem with us as stupid people mm-hmm. because we cannot think in long periods of time. Right. We can only think in a hundred year blocks. That's it. Mm-hmm. Everything else before and after, we just can't conceptualize it. Right. Because we're so we have so, well, that's another thing. We have such a sense of a uh, sense of self importance, as you said yeah. before. Hmm. I'm here, you know, my ego is experiencing all of this, you know, it, it must be all for me. Yeah. And I think that's one of the problems with being a human being. Yeah. It's a big problem. Narcissism, as you said before, too. I don't know how that all fits in. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So what, what do you think? We've been going for uh, an hour now, almost. Mm-hmm. And you probably are hungry. Yeah. So how would we wrap this up? 
Let me see if I've got something to wrap it up with. Tell mm-hmm. me what a boostergram is. Have you heard of what a boostergram? No. You've never heard of a boostergram? No. Okay, I don't know what it is either, but it's all <laughs> over the potosphere. It is? Yeah, apparently. How come I like don't? In, I guess I don't know. The, oh, potosphere meaning podcast world? Yeah. I guess I'm not And Instagram. That. And Instagram. Oh. I don't know. It's something you give other people so that they have value. But I don't understand it. And the, okay, so here's the other thing. So, so you wrote it you down know, to talk about, but you don't know what it is? No, I thought maybe you knew what a boostergram was. <laughs> <laughs> I was hoping no. you did. And I'm not going to Google it now it. either, so I guess we'll never know. <laughs> but it sounds stupid. I think it is stupid. It's it's like it it's like um, it's like credits, you know, um, social media credits. Oh, I see. I think that's what it is. Oh, it might be tied to it might be tied to um, crypto because uh, like yes, yeah, it is. It is. Oh, then I want one. Yeah, there's a new app I'm supposed to install because I have a lightning node, which is like a, a Bitcoin thingy. It's on a Raspberry Pi. And uh, you there's this feature that allows you to broadcast uh, podcasts using this thing without a network. Like, it's kind of like a peer-to-peer in a different way. I'm not sure. I'm going to play with it. I, I just don't know anything about it yet. But it sounds like kind of a cool way to, to sort of rebroadcast your podcast through these lightning nodes of course it means you have to be popular to to like any other thing on BitTorrent, or else you don't get any economies of scale so it's probably pointless for me okay imagine hmm. and ninjas listeners we're going to get on this boostagram thing yeah, and are. the other the other thing i wanted to mention was i had no idea that hmm. not breastfeeding was a thing i wasn't breastfed neither was i we're a mess that's why we're a mess well, at least we figured something out. <laughs> I think that's where we should leave it. We are completely fucked up because we weren't breastfed. I have but, no idea what breastfeed. Maybe that's why I'm a lesbian, well, but that doesn't explain why me you're too. A, a, lesbian. Well, you're a lesbian. Yes, it does. <laughs> See, all lesbians are breastfed. Um, but my friend said, uh, not a friend friend, but a social media friend posted something that was so simple, but it made a lot of sense, which is why don't they just post the recipes for the formula. Oh. Why can't people make it themselves? Is this a big secret? Yeah, because, you know, open source means it's free. <laughs> <laughs> mm. You know, it's my IP. It's my intellectual property. Go away. Unless you want to give me lots of money so I can retire okay. and live in a really nice cave. My sister, she said to me, she sent me an email, you know, um, you know, your retirement benefits go down so much if you retire early. She said, if you retire at 65, you only get like 70%. But if you retire at 70, you get 100% of your benefits. I said, so I should retire right before I die. I mean, duh. the reason you get more money later is because you're going to die soon. Exactly. You get the same amount of money probably, if not more. I'm, I, I, I think I would. I'd probably get more if I retire early overall. What the fuck is that shit? Retire at 70. Give me a fucking break. What am I going to work on a diner? (laughs) My sister's doing the same thing. I said, why don't you freaking retire already? And she said, because I have to work. I said, but you're going to be 70. My sister's going to be 70. I'm getting so old. We're all getting so old. 
And I said, well, you know, you're too old. You know, you should just enjoy your retirement. Mm -hmm. I can't, she said. I have to work. Both of my sisters are the same. It makes no sense. And both of them could retire if they wanted to today because they have enough money. I don't. And it's just so fucking unfair that the one that wants to retire can't. What Mm -hmm. the fuck? I, I can't imagine being in that fucking brain state of mind where, like, you feel like work is more important than your life and what what the fuck has been what what is that i mean i don't want to say anything bad because they're my sisters i don't get in the you know really unlikely (laughs) event that they hear this but like i don't get it like work is just work it's just capitalism it's just the protestant work ethic that we've all been scammed to do you stop it when you can you get a hobby oh i don't know what i would do you don't have a hobby you don't have books to read you don't have like a, a join an improv. I don't know. There's a million things you can do. There's a million yeah. things you could do that are, don't serve some fucking evil corporation or whatever the fuck. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and and being at home for the last two and a half years mm-hmm. has been the best thing that ever could have happened to me. Yeah, it's been nice for me too. It, it's it's a gift because I think what I, I speak for myself. It might be probably true for you i'm guessing but it's improved quality of life in a subtle way that i've begun to take for granted because i did go to my office a couple times last year and it was like oh beige everything's just beige and i don't want to see these fucking creeps when i go to the bathroom and all the fucking dumb food are you agoraphobic too I'm a f- no, yes. because you go visit the chickens. No, I'm not like, oh, is that a good? Yeah, yeah, I'm not like that. No, well, that's not agoraphobic. Agoraphobic means you don't want to go out. No, I'm not like that. I do, mm. I'm i not. I just hate people. Oh, okay. So yeah. you're a misanthropic. Okay, yeah. I get that. I get that. Totally. But you know, like the company I work for now, I know I don't want to talk about work, but it's at the end. People don't get this far. The company I work for now <laughs> has really, they're philanthrop- philanthropic. They nice. have. A, they have. I have to be careful because I don't want, I certainly don't want my spouse here. They have a box at Wrigley Field, right? They have a box. Now, at the my previous job, a similar type of company, whenever they would have tickets to a baseball game, they said, we have tickets. Within like less than a minute, those tickets were always gone. Mm. This, this, They have a box. I could go to a Cubs game on this Saturday. Uh, they invited me. I, I'm not going to go. Oh. And they're having a, a party at the art museum. They're having this and that. They sponsor. I don't go to any of it. I've never even been in the office except when I had to show my passport because I don't want to get caught. I don't want to get hooked. I don't want them to know me. You know what I mean? Like I'm remote. Mm. I've never, you know, I don't want to get hooked. I don't, I don't, I don't want that. You know, yeah. I just, I don't want to be in it. I want to be away from Wait. that. That's my biggest benefit is not having to like, get sucked into that fake beige culture like oh, oh, oh. <laughs> ooh, ooh, yeah ooh. It's, it's it's really fake like severance yeah. did you see severance no oh it's the uh it's the latest black mirror type yeah. um apple show see my it's wife like does mirror. i i've heard a lot about it my wife doesn't watch dark shows like nothing dark and dystopian so if I want to watch that stuff, I have to wait till I'm alone and it's hard to get to. Mm. And I get it now because when I, I do find that it fucks up my head when I watch shit like that, like the darkest show I watch is euphoria, which I really like. I'm just, I'm, 
I just started season one. I just think it's such a good show. Oh, I'm good. Okay, that's on yeah, my list. It's good. Oh. It really gets better, I think, in the second season. And it's just, I don't know. I like. I just feel like for me, like this is old grandma. I want to understand something about young people, and I feel like it's giving me an, a glimpse into their mindset. Maybe it's not. I. I don't know. I'm not saying all kids are on drugs. I, I don't. I don't mean to imply that, but. I think in that is, a, is sort of a metaphor for what it's like to be a kid when they know the world is fucked. You know, um, I, I completely show. agree with you. I oh, so so I'm gonna say, I'm gonna mm. I'm gonna put that on my I'm gonna yeah. move it up on my list. Yeah. But I I totally agree with you. I think that um, understanding how younger people yeah. are viewing the world is extremely important yeah. because they're the ones that are going to be taking care of us when we're dribbling into our oatmeal. Yeah. Hmm. If we get that far. Right. Well, for me, it'll be <laughs> chia, overnight chia. What's overnight chia? You know, you make chia seeds and you put it in oat milk overnight and it's a delicious kind of porridge. It's wonderful. Is it? Well, it's delicious. Okay. You know, it's a little cinnamon, vanilla pumpkin spice if you want it's so good it's easy you take one quarter cup of chia seeds for every cup of milk and it just it congeals it's like tapioca kind of try it oh okay wonderful thank you for the very healthy too yeah all right ninja it's been so nice i feel like we haven't really discussed anything but i'm sure people will enjoy our wondering (laughs) about things Yes, my two listeners will be very, they'll be, they'll be riveted to their earbuds. I'd love to have somebody come on who really understands the, the computer science stuff, like in a real computer science level, like there's a million people who know tech. I'm not talking about tech. I like, I would love to have like a real computer scientist on here who understands, who also understands biology and could explain the difference. Love to, I'd really interested in that. Or maybe somebody has a book that could recommend about that on that subject. I just don't know because computer science, I've studied it. It can be such a fucking headache. It's really hard. And I don't want to, I don't want to like read something that's going to be like blah, 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 calculus shit. And I just want somebody to speak English and explain shit to me and let me know if robots can, you know, fall in love. I think they can. Do you? I do. I, that's why I think that you could build that in. Mm. Did you ever uh, read The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy? Absolutely. So you know about Marvin. I do know about Marvin. Yeah. Marvin. So depressed. I yes. mean, such a profound... <laughs> I just can't think of a better way to show to show depression than that. You know, just... <laughs> wow. You know? That's fucking... He's everyone's depressing. favorite character. Yours, he was? Me too. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. That's got to mean something. I mean, just like people think they want to immortal life. Imagine immortal depression. No, that yeah, you're right. That would God. be that, that would be the worst. It's unbelievable, especially if you don't need to eat. So you can't die. You're just gonna like fucking stand on a planet for millions of years. I should reread <laughs> those books. Those were great. Anyway, no. Another time we can talk about the heat death of the universe. Okay. If you have, I'm just going to say on the side, if you have any books to recommend for me, I'm having a hard time finding stuff to read because I just can't get into fiction. It's just not doing it for me. 
And I find fiction is a different kind of uh, concentration skill. Yeah. So um, it, it's easier with nonfiction because you can you can get the drift. And then if you don't understand it, you can go back mm. and read it again and try to reabsorb. But with fiction, yeah. if you're not along the line of the story, then uh, and you miss something, it's like, oh, my God, how am I going to get back into this story? Yeah. And sometimes, like, I just see so much of the literary flowery language that just gets in the way. Oh. <laughs> you know, I just want to know what's happening. I don't care about what the tree looked like and the leaves and how it felt. And, you know, I just it's too much. I can imagine that myself. That's why I'm so weird. Like, that's my job as a, you know, just tell me what's happening. I'll imagine all the pretty stuff and all the prose. But that's not the point of writers. <laughs> writers create the prose. I want my own prose. I just want the fucking story. And I'll do the rest. <laughs> well, the, the whole point of fiction is to, you know, draw a picture in words. Yeah, so, I know, I know, I know. But the beautiful tree is the whole point. That's why I don't understand poetry at all. Like poetry just is over my head. I don't get it. I'm like, you're wrong know. though. Your Substack <laughs> entries are all poetry. Are they? I don't think you realize that. Are they? I know because <laughs> I'm an English major and a computer science major. Are you? Both, yes. I didn't know you were a computer science major. I, I was. Um, I took. I took um, English literature mm. for a few years, and then I said, "Okay, this is not. This is fun, but I'm never going to be able to work." Mm. So I switched to computer science. At what university? I went to a university called Western, which mm. is in London, Ontario, where a very interesting astrophysicist named Covelli lives. Uh -huh. I'm going to send you some titles that he's written. He tries to explain what quantum quantum what quantum mechanics is in um, in easy language for everyone to understand. Okay, that I would be interested in. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. Yeah, my major was decision sciences, which basically is was oh. quantitative business analysis. So I was supposed mm -hmm. to be a quant. Those people that make like high frequency trading algorithms and stuff. But the problem was I was high the whole time. I barely graduated. I didn't, I don't know what, I didn't learn anything. It was oh. pretty much worthless. But I had a good time. Oh, well. oh well. <laughs> <laughs> you have a second chance now. But I minor in religious studies though. And I think I got a better education from my minor. Because <laughs> that was interesting. That was real interesting. All right. Okay, well, you have a very nice evening. You too. Enjoy your day, the rest of your day, and enjoy your weekend. Thank and you. You too. We should talk again soon. We will. And thank you very much for having me on your show, Madge. Likewise. Thank you for having me on yours. <laughs> do, 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 do. Same shit. See, we got, we've got twice as many chances to be famous after we're dead. Well, there you go. We can fill an egg carton with our listeners. Is that a half a dozen? It's a dozen, right? All right. All right. Talk to you later. Okay. Bye. Take care. You too. Bye. Bye. The House of Squib presents the finest in motion picture entertainment, Academy Awards.
House of Squibb, manufacturing chemist of the medical profession since 1858, brings you Academy Awards. The pictures, the players, the techniques and skills which have won or have been nominated for the coveted awards granted each year by the Academy of Motion Picture Arts and Sciences. To each in his field for outstanding... Squib on the Air brings you only the finest in motion picture art. Squib in your home brings you only the finest medicinal products, pure, effective, reliable. Squib, a name you can trust. Tonight's picture is Jezebel. Tonight's star is the distinguished Warner Brothers player who has been nominated seven times for awards, has won the prize Oscar twice. Past president of the Academy, Miss Betty Davis. With Miss Davis tonight appears another Academy Award winner, Miss Anne Revere, who won this year's Academy Award for Best Supporting Actress in National Velvet. And now, Miss Betty Davis. Thank you. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Miss Revere and I feel very honored to be on this first presentation of Academy Awards. Those awards that mean so very much to all of us in the motion picture industry. Academy Award, starring Betty Davis in her 1938 award-winning role of Julie Marsden, with Anne Revere as Aunt Belle in Jezebel. It seemed like the end of our world. As General Bogardus and I stood in the street of New Orleans at dawn of 1851, listening to the depressing sound of the cannon as it was fired to dispel the fever which hung like a plague over the city. It seemed like the end of Julie's world, too, as we watched her slowly walk beside poor Preston Villard, as they carried him to the island of the dead. Oh, come, my dear, you, you can't stay in this street. Oh, dawn is breaking. The morning chill is penetrating. And in these dangerous days... Miss Bell, what are you thinking I'm thinking of a woman called Jezebel, who did evil in the sight of God. And yet I wonder. I wonder. Charles, you're out of your mind. You know you can't wear a red dress at an Olympus ball. Can't I? This is 1850, Dumpton. 1850, not the Dark Ages. Girls don't have to simp around in white just because they're not married. You'd insult every woman on the floor. You can't be serious. Never more serious in my life. But think of Preston. That's just what I am thinking of. Mr. Preston Dillon, who thinks that he can let his own affairs come before me, his future wife. That started it, Miss Bell. That damnable red dress. But that wasn't Julie's fault. Oh, if Preston Dillard had only taken my advice the night he came to call. I remember. You said... Your generation doesn't understand women, sir. Why, maybe not, General Bogardus. Nowadays, no proper respect for our southern womanhood. 
Think your father would have allowed the lady of his choice to have come surging to his place of business this morning? Miss Julie didn't know I was presiding at a meeting, sir. Of course not, Preston. But even if the lady upstairs is my ward, I feel you should know what your father would have done. What would father have done, sir? Your father, sir, would have cut him a hickory, sir. He would have flailed the living daylights out of her and then helped her put lard on the welts and brought her a diamond brooch. That's what he would have done, sir. And she'd have loved it. Where is Miss Julie? Why, she asked me to please excuse her, Press. Is she ill? Why, no, Press. She's as sound as a nut. You will pardon me a moment, please. Take all the time you need, my boy. I do believe Mr. Dillard is going up the stairs after Julie. He's taking his walking cane at. Julie! It's Press. Open the door. I want to talk to you. Julie, why don't you answer? Look here, Julie. You and I got to straighten things out. Oh, there's no sense to all this. I'm here because I love you. And because you love me. But there are some things we've got to set straight. Darling, if you just open the door, I'm sure I could. Julie! Open up at once! Who is it? Open this door! Why, Press? Banging at a lady's bedroom door. I'm scandalized at you. Well, did you come here just to stand there? I see you've brought a stick. I'm waiting. When does the chastisement begin? I came up here to... Oh, Julie, how long must we go on like this? Like what, Chris? Fussing like a couple of children. Why do you treat me like a child, then? Oh, Julie, I love you. Spoiled child or not. Press, in a lady's bedroom. Now you'll have to marry me. Oh. <laughs> oh, look at me, darling. When I come in, I was gonna beat you. Really? Now would you like to see my new dress? That's what I wanted to do all day. Well, let me go, then. There it is. For the Olympus Ball? Yes, isn't it lovely? But you can't wear red to the Olympus Ball. Why not? Well, you never saw an unmarried girl in anything but white. You know that. It's the custom. It has certain significance. Are you afraid I'll be taken for one of those girls from Galatan Street? Julie. Oh, of course, I'm sorry. I'm not supposed to know about things like Galatan Street. I'm just supposed to simp around in white. So that's it. You're nursing your spite. Well, I'm not going to let you. For once, you're going to do as I say. Julie, I'm calling for you tomorrow night at 10, and you're going to be properly dressed for the ball in white. Good night. Oh, Preston, you forgot your stick. She must have been getting scared over wearing that dress after what Press said to her. Yes, but her pride... Confound her fiendish pride. You know that she tried to get Buck Cantrell to take her to the ball without telling Press? Yes, I knew later. Poor drinking, dueling, easygoing Buck Cantrell. He loved her, too. Uh, thank heaven he refused her. He was a gentleman and an honorable man. I told you she'd be ready on time. Julie, we're ready to go. Julie, you promised me not to. So you wore it after all. Isn't it obvious? Shall we go, Press? Not until you're properly dressed. Oh, why must everyone be so proper? Why don't you admit, Mr. Diller, that you're afraid? Afraid someone will insult me and you'll find it necessary to defend me. Julie, 
your rap, Miss Marsden. May I? You ready, Aunt Belle? But, Press, she can't. She can. She will. We are ready, sir. Miss Bell, my arm. And yours, Mr. Dellert? <laughs> Thank you. My, my dear Miss Bell, have you noticed Preston's face? Looks more like his father than ever tonight. And I never saw Tom Dillard look like that without somebody got killed. Theophilus, I'm just plain scared for her. May I take your wrap, my dear? It's, uh, well, the ballroom seems a little cool. I think we'll find it much warmer inside. Come. <laughs> Gentlemen, you all have the pleasure of Miss Marsden's acquaintance, I think. Gentlemen. Good evening, Miss Marsden. <clears throat> Yonder comes my partner. You'll excuse me. Of course, sir. You haven't a partner you have to meet, Cantrell? Why, no. Came alone. A pleasant evening, isn't it? Mighty pleasant. Nice and cool. Do you find it cool in here? I don't find it particularly cool. Do you, Julie? Why, no. I don't find it particularly cool. Miss Julie doesn't find it so. Perhaps it's something in the atmosphere that's peculiar to you. Why, no, I reckon not. Now you speak of it, it's just about right. It seems so to me. Press, please take me out of here. Well, my dear, we haven't danced yet, shall we? No. Oh, yes, we will. You've got to take me off this floor. I can't. It's my own brother dancing with her. Everyone is leaving the floor. No respectable girl will dance while she's dancing. That dress is an insult. Take me off this instant. Press, I beg you, take me away from here. I can't endure it. No, we came to dance. We should go on. Dance. We're alone on the floor. So much the better. Oh, Press, let go of me. If you don't let go of it's me. It's a beautiful ball. Don't you think so, Miss Oh, Martin? take me away from here. Take me away. Good night, Aunt Beryl. General Bogardi, sir. You're not coming in, Press? No, ma'am. Good night. Night. Well? Goodbye, Julie. Is that all you've got to say to me? There's nothing more to say. Even if I was wrong? You couldn't be wrong. You're Julie Marsden. I might have go down on my knees. It'd be interesting, but utterly useless. Evidently, you've made up your mind. No, Julie, you've made up my mind. Well, then... Goodbye, Press. Goodbye, Julie. Julie, don't let him go. Go after him. Me? After him? Yes, Julie, quickly. Oh, Julie, you're such a fool. Not so big a fool. He'll come back. Not this time, he won't. Believe me. Wait and see. He'll come back. Yet tonight, I think, if he does say I've retired... And tell him I'm sleeping late in the morning. Not to come round till tomorrow afternoon. Julie. Tell him. 
Tell him. Tell him. Before we continue tonight's story of Jezebel, starring Miss Betty Davis and Miss Anne Revere, I would like to tell you about a doctor who lived during the period of this picture. A doctor so devoted to the cause of human health that his zeal still inspires those who carry on his work. His name was Edward R. Squibb. He was appalled by the dangerously inferior quality of drugs then available. He set out to supply the medical profession with drugs that could be relied upon. That's how the company he founded in 1858, the House of Squibb, first came to be known for medicinal products of purity, reliability, efficacy. And through the years, every member of the great family of Squibb products has been the result of painstaking study and research, of an endless quest for perfection. And that is why Squibb is a name you can trust. Part two of tonight's picture, Jezebel, starring the Academy Award winners, Miss Betty Davis and Miss Anne Revere. Dawn brought heavy mists, the persistent melancholy of the booming fever cannon, a chill which sank deep into our souls. She lost him. She lost Preston Dillard through her own downright cussedness in flaunting herself in that red dress at the Olympus Ball. Theophilus, you must understand. She didn't know about Press. After all, he was away for over a year. All during that time, she hardly went out of the house safe to ride that wild thoroughbred of hers. Yes. She got quiet and moody. She wouldn't even have tried to escape the plague here in the city if she hadn't heard that Press was coming back. If you could have heard what she told me. He had to come to me, Annabelle. He couldn't help himself. You see, he wouldn't know how to fight as hard as I have to keep from going to him. We'll be married. I'm going to beg his forgiveness. I was vicious and mean and selfish, and I, I'm going to tell him I hated myself for being like that. I'll humble myself before him. All that ever stood between us will be gone when he takes me in his arms. There, there, child. Perhaps we'd, we'd better go to the plantation now that press is coming. Of course, Annie Bell is the place for our meeting. We'd better start packing. We'll give a party, a party to celebrate. And they came, all of them, the old, old friends. Buck Cantrell, Ted Dillard Press's brother, Dr. Livingston. Everyone came to Halcyon. And Julie was walking on the clouds and dressed herself in the white dress that she was to have worn to the ball with Press. And Press. He came, and when the carriage... When the carriage stopped, my heart stopped, too. For Julie... Aunt Belle. Oh, it's wonderful to be back at Halcyon. I would have come even if I weren't invited. My dear, dear Preston. Aunt Belle, I have a surprise. This is Amy, my wife. His wife. Preston married. I tried to get away to warn Julie, but I had to stay with our guests, and while I was upstairs, she found him as he was in the library of Halcyon.
press. Don't move, press. Are you remembering the time you wanted me to wear white? Are you? Well, until now, I never have. Cat got your tongue, Press. Julie. Oh, Press, what fools we were. Please, that's over, Julie. Yes, of course. Press, I can't believe it's you here. I've dreamed it so long. A lifetime. No. Longer than that. But, Julie, Oh, I... no, don't say it yet. I put on this white dress for you. To help me tell you how humbly I ask you to forgive me. See, Press. I'm kneeling to you. Julie, don't. I want to, Press. I must make you forgive me and love me as I love you. Julie. Get up. Please. I've been looking for you, Press. Julie, I... this is Amy. My wife. Julie. Julie, where are you? Here, Aunt Bella. I was just about to congratulate Press on his marriage. I'm very happy, Mrs. Dillard, to welcome you to Halcyon. Julie. I'm so sorry. Oh, for heaven's sake, don't be gentle with me now. Do you think I want to be wept over? I've got to think to plan. Lee, you can't fight marriage. Married to that, that little washed-out Yankee. Press is mine. He's always been mine, and I'm going to have him. We'd better join the others. Why? Because... Because I love her. No, you're not such a fool, not after you had my love. How much do you remember? Everything you ever said or did. But it's past now. It's finished. I ought to have come to you. I wanted to so terribly. So much that I couldn't. And you felt that way, too. That's what brought you back, Press. You had to come back to the country you know so well. Press, listen. The night noises. The moon through the cypresses. Can you taste the night on your toe? It's part of you, Press. The mockingbirds and the magnolias. The blue haze on a spring morning when the air is so soft it presses you like a kiss. It's the river rolling forever. The country you were born to. Julie, please don't do this. It's part please. of you, Press, just as I'm part of you and we'll never let you go. Press, put your arms around me. Oh, Julie. This is your country, Press. Amy couldn't understand it. She thinks there'd be snakes. Yes. And she'd be right. You talk about belonging. Amy's put her life and happiness in my hands. And they're going to be safe there. I think we'd better go in now. Tried to win him back. And when she failed, she did the unforgivable thing. She she set herself willfully to cause trouble. Yes, dear. She seemed possessed that night. I hear Press had to go into the city. Yes, they sent for him. I hope he'll be all right. 
I had grave reports of conditions there. The plague is sweeping on despite all effort to check it. Yeah, they posted the governor's militia guard through the parish. No one will be permitted to leave the city or to enter it now. Oh, I'm so worried about Press. I pity he had to leave now. But I suppose his bank comes first. Oh, Press is devoted to the bank. Rather unfortunately so. You don't find that admirable, Miss Martin? Well, it just seems to me that there are other things more interesting. <laughs> I imagine Buck finds it so, too. That's right, Miss Julie. I never go into a bank if I can help it. Why, Buck? Because it seems to me they're mostly always studying how they can get away something from somebody. Oh, I'm sure Buck doesn't mean that the way it sounds. I'm sure Mr. Cantrell is capable of defending his own insinuations. Why, Mistress Dillard, I didn't mean to offend. I was just talking. Of course. Amy, he doesn't realize what he's saying. Doesn't even realize how Julie is using him. Why, Buck, am I using you? I'd be right happy if you'd explain that remark, sir. I'll explain it. You're fool enough to defend what you don't even understand. That Julie's been egging you on. First against press and now against his wife. Well, that's pretty talk, isn't it, Buck? Yes, Miss Julie. That's very impolite talk, very. Let's put it this way, Mr. Cantrell. All evening I thought you coarse and not a gentleman. Why, you insolent... At your service, sir. Why, Dad, you, you can't do this. I'm afraid, Mrs. Dillard, you don't understand our southern customs. Gentlemen, will you please take your places? Remember, gentlemen, you turn and fire at the count of ten. Are you ready? Ready. Ready. Very well. One. Two. Three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Buck's dead. Julie, you... You she-devil. Come on, Amy, we're getting out of here. We're all going. How do you propose to get through the guard? And there's yellow fever in the city. Surely my hospitality is better than the plague. We'll get through. Good night, ma'am. I shall never speak to her again, even though she returned one day from the dead. When she heard that he was stricken, she had to come to him, don't you understand? She went through the swamp, past the guards, risked her life to get to him. His wife was at his side. She belonged there. Julie belonged there, too. Amy understands that now. She stole him away from Amy as he lay dying. Theophilus, you must not judge. Believe me, Mrs. Dillard... It's unthinkable that you go with him there. Armed guards are coming to take him to the leper island. It's the law. All who catch the fever must go. When they come for him, I'm going with him. No, you can't go, Amy. It is your right to go. You're his wife, but are you fit to go? Loving him isn't enough. If you gave him all your strength, would it be enough? I'll make him live. I'll die with him. Amy, do you know the Creole word for fever powder? For food, for water? Can you talk to a sullen, overworked black boy and make him fear you and help you? Press his life and yours will hang on words you can't say and you'll both surely die. I must go with him. Listen, Amy, they're coming. Coming for him. Oh, Amy, it isn't a question of proving your love by laying down your life for Press. Nothing so easy. 
Have you the knowledge and the strength to fight for his life and your own? Amy, it's no longer you or I. What do you mean? I'll make him live. I will. You see, I know how to fight better than you. I'll fight to the death itself. Where is he? Upstairs. Amy, you're the bravest woman I ever saw. I believe you even have the courage to save him by giving me the right to go in your place. Oh, you're not afraid to die. I know that. I boldly ask a greater sacrifice in Press's name, his life. You love him even more than I believe was in your power. Oh, let me prove myself worthy of the love I bear him. Julie, tell me. Something which only you can tell me. Does Press still love you? He himself might know. But you would. Tell me. Amy, what does it matter who Press loves? It's his life that matters. Tell me. We both know Press loves his wife. Whom else could Press love? Not me, surely. I've done so much against him. Had there been any love in his heart for me, I'd have taken him away from you. I tried and failed. Because he loves only you. I'm grateful for you telling me. In your own way. What I had to know. Take care of him, Julie. I believe you've earned whatever right is mine. God protect you and friend. Go with him. Amy. Thank you. Let's get started. We've got to get him to the island. Press. Press, I'm here. I'll always be here, Press. Press, darling. I'm here. Come, Miss Bell. They've gone. And there's no turning back. Come, you cannot stay here in the street. Miss Bell, what are you thinking? I'm thinking of a woman called Jezebel who did evil in the sight of God. ladies and gentlemen, on this first presentation of Academy Award to introduce a distinguished artist, known and loved by you on the air as Dr. Christian, President of the Academy of Motion Picture Arts and Sciences, Mr. Gene Herschel. Good evening. Miss Davis and Miss Revere, your performances were superb. Also, thank you, Miss Revere, for so brilliantly playing the role of Aunt Bell in place of Miss Faye Bainter, who is ill. And to you, Miss Bainter, our best wishes for a speedy recovery. The Academy appreciates the significance of this series of broadcasts. We are grateful to E.R. Squibb and Sons for their vision and support in sponsoring these programs. The Academy is dedicated to lifting the standards of motion pictures even higher. It values this platform of expression and views with deep satisfaction the determination to make this radio program through a broad variety of great weekly broadcasts, an institution in the life of America. Next week, another great picture. 
The House of Squibb will present Academy Awards starring the beautiful and talented Miss Ginger Rogers in her Oscar-winning performance of Kitty Foyle. Next week, it is Academy Awards starring Ginger Rogers in Kitty Foyle. Miss Betty Davis will soon be seen in A Stolen Life, produced by Warner Brothers, also producers of Devotion. Miss Anne Revere will soon be seen in the 20th Century Fox production, Dragonwing. This is Hugh Brundage bidding you good night until next week at the same time when the House of Squibb invites you to join us for Academy Awards. This is CBS, the Columbia Broadcasting System.